Who's leading Ododo Diodio NPP into 2024? Uh, Abdemanaf the chosen one. Why is he leading and why is he the chosen one? Actually, uh, the people, especially the delegates of Ododo Diodio constituency, they think it's high time they bring someone with humility, someone who is coming to unite the party, someone who has served the party for a very long time, someone who has carried the party on his shoulders right after 2020 election up to date. And they have the confidence in me, and they think with Abdulman Soa, victory is assured. You're going against somebody who has represented the party um, in about two previous elections. Uh, do you think that you can win against him? Automatically, I'm winning against him. You know, now politics is about relationship. His relationship with the constituents is below par, you understand? My relationship with the delegates and the party faithfuls is like a glue. We've bond together. So automatically, I have confidence in the, uh, uh, this thing, the polling station executives that they are going to vote for me. You said the delegates want somebody who will unify the party. What is wrong with the unity of the party at the moment? Currently, uh, there is unity in the party with Abdurman Afsoa. Previously, uh, like, let's say, our predecessors, uh, they find this window opportunity of uniting the party. And anytime we go into an election, because of unity, we lose the election. But with Abdurman Afsoa, unity is now in the party. What is the difference? And so that's what I want to get. Previously, what happened that there was no unity that led to your defeat? And what is the difference now? Okay. In 2020, prior to the elections, the, the then uh, candidate who, who contested with uh, our former MP uh, happened to, happened to uh, let's say, after the elections, it was not okay. So he decided to at least uh, shy away from the party for a very long time. So the then uh, MP started campaigning on his own with the party, with his own people. But along the line, there was a research that stated that before we can win the election, we need to bring that guy together. But nothing like that happened. And we went into an election with a divided front, and we lost the election. Now, Odododio, as, as we hear it, it's you, often than not, always a hot spot. Even today, your counterparts in the NDC uh, earlier were at the party headquarters where they were registering their displeasure by means of destroying property. Is this something that you are willing to handle? With Ododododio, when, 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 when everyone hears the name Ododododio, something strike like we have the violence the violence but the violence but I don't see violence in the duty no I don't see it in the duty sometimes it's the leader is the leader if the leader is the calm type there will be violence free in the constituency so the violence has always been because of the kind of leaders that the duty has turned out with if you you have a good leader and your people doesn't listen to you and they tend to do things that you, you don't comply with, and you don't talk to them, that is when we, 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 the violence what strikes. So you think that the, the, the violence should be laid at doorsteps of people who have been leading the constituency? I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if you have a good leader, and he listens to, and, 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 and the followers of that leader listens to, listens to him, 
then whenever he talks to them, they must listen. But if they don't listen, does that make him a bad leader? Oh, every, every, every good leader must have a good corner. You understand? Every good leader must have a good corner. If your followers doesn't listen to you, then you are not a good leader. Is money paying role in this election? I don't see that. Are you paying? I'm not paying. Is your contender paying? I don't know. No. Yes. What are delegates asking? Delegates want the seat. They are tired. They are tired of reducing votes in this constituency. It's high time they grab the seat. And they find me fit enough to grab the seat for them. Is that possible? Yes, it's possible. Let me tell you, let me tell you the reason why it's possible. In elections, there are two things. Where your stronghold, your stronghold, you must increase your vote. And where you have lapses, you must decrease the vote. If it turns out to be that your stronghold, you increase the vote, and where you have lapses, your opponent also increases the vote, there's no way you can win the elections. I'm coming from the stronghold of the NDC, and I'm coming to decrease their votes. Now, as you are speaking now, we all know Kowalin to be the stronghold of the NDC. But currently, this, this uh, let's see, the, uh, this Kowalin now is a swing. It doesn't belong to the NDC anymore. You say you're going to beat your, the NDC here? Yeah. 200%. How many electoral areas are in order to We have seven electoral areas. How many will you say the NPP, the NDC has a hold of? They has, uh, NDC has, I think they have four. No, they have four, and we have two. So six electoral areas, or one is? Seven, seven. No, no, seven electoral areas. We have two, they have five. They have five. They have five. Yeah. And so, how many of these five electoral areas are you saying that you come from for which you are going to battle them for? Military Gono. Military Gono. Koliwoko. Old Fadama, which is a. Uh, Kolidudo. Uh, no, no, sorry. Amamumu. Yes. So, these three, three out of their five, are places where you are confident of. of 200% confident. That's interesting. Yes. And are you able to keep hold of the two that the NPP has? Come again? Are you able to keep hold of the two, the existing two that the NPP yes, has? Yes, 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 yes. These two are which are these, these two are, we have, uh, let's say, the likes of, uh, we have Mudo and uh, Koledudo. Now, somebody will say that the current MP, Nilante Vanderpoi, he's decided not to go. You've had Nilante Bannerman on the ticket for at least two times. He is known by the people. He's gone through the race before. He knows the terrain. And the NDC is bringing in a new person. So why don't you keep your old face and beat them with it? This question, let me answer it this way. In this constituency, if you are going to win an election, you have to come once and win once. If you don't win, you can't win anymore. In the history of Ududududu constituency, any candidate that comes and doesn't win will not win again. Bannerman has been in this politics for a good eight years. When he was coming, he was a novice. Then he was contesting with our former MP, which is Honorable Nibia Ibonte, who has experience and everything, but he was given the nod to contest him, and he won. And he took us into the 2016 election. The same thing I am coming, but I'm coming with different quality. 
This is a situation whereby the candidate coming, which is Abdelman Afsoa, is coming from the stronghold of the NDC. So that alone is a plus to me. In this column, we have 10 polling, station, 10, uh, polling stations, and out of the 10 polling stations, MPP wins only two and loses eight. That eight polling stations, we lost by almost 1,000 votes. And I'm capitalizing on that, and I'm going to win all the 10 polling stations. Do you know what they call fake fans? Sorry? Do you know what they call fake fans? Fake fans? No. Fake fans is when people cheer you up. Okay, okay, fake fans. Fake fans. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 I know fake fans. Are you not sure that is something you're thinking uh, in your electoral advantage? No. You see, when you've worked well and you've, you've liaised well with the good people of Odododio, there's nothing like fake fans. I don't have fake fans in my dictionary. They are supporting me from their heart. I don't give them money. They think it's time. They need someone who can win the seat. Someone who is coming from the NDC stronghold. That is... That is my key, because we are going to reduce their vote and maximize ours. The NDC has its own process. Do you think any of the candidates within the process is a match? No, not at all. All their candidates cannot match me. None of them? None of them. Because this constituency is divided into two, the residential side and the commercial side. We all know the residential side, majority of them vote for the NDC. The commercial side also vote for the MPP. But in this commercial side, we have some of the Muslim. You understand? The Muslim community. They are, they are mixed. And we know in Odododio, not even only in Odododio, in Ghana, most of the Muslim communities, they vote for the NDC. And me coming in as a Muslim, it's a plus. What about the residential areas? Do you, do you have a lot of a lot of uh, following within the residential area? Yes, I have a lot of classmates. I have a lot of classmates there. They're like the king kind. And my youthful candidature. My youthful candidature. I've been able to sway a lot of, a lot of the, the, the youth. A lot of the youth, yes. Now, what have you been telling? I mean, I know that this is... I know that... I, I know that this is a delegate election, and when it comes to delegate elections, it differs what you tell delegates and what you tell um, residents in general. But I believe that in your trips to the communities, you've been meeting genuine residents who want to find out what your message is for them. What have you been telling them? What is in for Ododododio if the NPP puts you on the ticket and eventually the constituency gives you the not to represent them in parliament. In the studio, one key thing that we have, I have realized is unemployment. Secondly, is low level of education, especially the youth. Third, is uh, infrastructure. For instance, the SMP uh, school, the Salaga market, and the abattoir. These are some of the projects that if uh, we, we are able to, to, to put them in place, can, put, can push this constituency forward. When it comes to uh, the unemployment aspect, me coming in as a businessman at the same time, uh, 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 youth, I have a good message for the youth, and they have embraced it. That is why they are following me. Uh, 
are you being favored by the current executives? Are things being whipped in line for you? Nothing has been whipped. Uh, let me cast your mind back to 2016, uh, 2020, uh, when then the executives lined up and followed one candidate. They contributed and picked a form for that candidate. They followed him and submitted the form. But in my question, the coordinators came together and picked the form. When I was going to submit, I went personally to submit it. So I don't see any... There's no difference. There's no, I don't see any executive being whipped. Mine is different. But the coordinators are also executives, aren't they? The coordinators are different from the executives. We have 17 executives, excluding the coordinators. But the coordinators are at the polling station level and electra, the electoral area coordinators. I mean, they, they, they are also executives in their own right within the units for which they control. They can testify to whatever I've been doing in the constituency. That is why they are rallying behind me. But do you think the coordinators have every right to support a candidate, but the executive doesn't have that right? But do you think that such practice, right, would plunge the party to further this unity at the end of the day, that it may be difficult bringing the other person on board for the singular purpose of delivering victory for the NPP in Ododododio. Uh, if you have the executives being, being swayed away to follow one particular uh, candidate, that is when we have a problem. But with the coordinators, I see nothing wrong with that. Because it's the top hierarchy which is the executive that is going to unite all of us together. What percentage are you going to win by? 80%. 80% against Neil Antebano? Yes. What's the winning message for Neil Antebanaman this time? <laughs> I think that the message this time around is um, the people themselves know who I am. They've seen what I'm capable of doing. There is a lot of work to be done in Odo which has been left undone over the years. And Neil Antebanaman is capable of doing it. This is my third time. They should give me the chance and I'll be able to perform and deliver for them. When did you take the decision to, to, to contest again? Um, I took the decision to contest again. Um, in fact, uh, the decision to contest has always been there. From 20, let me put it right. I took this decision right from 2004 to one day step in to lead Udu Udu Udu. And it started in 2016 and it's never dimmed. So after 2020, right after the election when you lost, was there the idea that I'm going to contest again? I wouldn't say immediately because you need to first of all <laughs> go back, reflect, look out, uh, look on the fact that uh, you've been there for some time. What was the reason why you lost? Why did it happen? Is, it, is, is there the probability of you succeeding the next time? You look at all those options, and that's what I did. After sober reflection, I realized that MPP do do do. The best bet is a candidate of Nilante Banaman to win the seat for the MPP. So, how long did it take you to come to this realization after 2020 that yeah, indeed I lost the other one, but if I do A, B, C, D, I can't get it right and I can't win the seat for the NPP. In fact, right after the elections. Less than two weeks after the elections, my team and I had audited all the polling stations and we knew where we fell short. Taking the decision to contest again, I think, let me say, after 
a year, having done some form of consultations, I knew my candidate would win the MPP the seat this time around. But then, to take the decision was after um, that was let's say December 2022. Yes, thereabouts that I was stepping again. Is that why people say you abandoned the constituency? I never abandoned the constituency. I think that we need to look at it very well and put it in real perspective. I, I have nurtured this constituency from 2013, and I've never left the constituency. If you take a critical look at what the, things, the events that have unfolded over the years, the last <laughs> activity that the party has performed in this constituency Barring the two elections that has happened, I mean the presidency uh, executive elections and then the presidential elections, the last serious activity the party has done was the delegates conference in 2021. The delegates conference of 2021. And I was an integral part of it. That was August 2021. I was an integral part of it. Let's say in the last year, a lot of things have happened. There is a new crop of executives which I am capable of working with, and I'm going to work with them to win 2024. Put it on record. I am going to work with them. They are not sabotaging you? I don't think they can sabotage me in this. I have experience to maneuver my way to win these elections, and I'm not going to... I can never do it alone. I need a team to do it with. We have a team. The constituency executives are there. We are going to work together to deliver the deal. But then the fact is that after the elections of 2022 where the new crop, of, a new crop of executives came in, I think that a, a couple of them had somebody supporting them into the elections. So basically they would want to bring the person on board to also try and help him out. And that's what it has been. When people bring invitations to the office of the constituency, I mean, wedding invitations, funeral invitations, sometimes I'm not, I'm left in the dark. I don't know about it. So if you embark on those invitations and you honor those invitations and you think that because you did not tell me and I didn't show up, I've abandoned the constituency, I don't think that is so right. It's a deliberate ploy in a way to keep you in the dark on activities happening? As far as I am concerned, I, 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 would, I would say that I was never informed of those invitations. And that's what they are using to say that I have abandoned the constituency. But what I'm saying is that I have nurtured the constituency right from 2013. And I've never abandoned the constituency. In fact, those invitations that come to my notice, I honor them. I've been to a lot of weddings, a lot of funerals, a lot of outdoors. A lot of functions that I've attended, that people have invited me, which I've been to. And they are basing their argument of me abandoning the constituency on these things. What would you say to people who say that you have made a recome because your namesake, Neil Antibanapoy, is saying he's not contesting again and you think that is an easy match for you this time? I, I would never agree with that because at the end of the day, we started this process before he even announced that he's no more contesting. I think the announcement came out some two months ago or less than, less than two months ago. We started this process a long time ago. I, 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 I took the decision to go to each and every executive member of the constituency to tell them I'm contesting about a year ago. So where is the argument that I took the decision because he said he's... In fact, in Odeo at the moment, there is no political name stronger or bigger than the brand Nibana. I'm not bragging, no. But that is the reality. Do you think that uh, the NPP has been 
um, in a way motivated more because of the absence of Neil Ante Van der Poel? Having led the MPP twice, I don't think that is the motivation for me because going into 2020, and the figures are there to show, we were very, very confident of winning that election. And I think our bain was the holiday in 2020. Barring the holiday, we would have won this, that election. Because if you look critically, the constituency is in two parts, the residential area and the commercial area. Now, the voter turnout in the residential areas was between 65 to 95%. In the commercial areas, it was between 45 to 65%. So where you have your stronghold? Where I have my stronghold, or where MPP has its stronghold. The turnout was between 45 to 65%. And it was what did us in. It wasn't that. So, Nilante's, um, Van der Poy's decision not to contest again wouldn't be enough motivation. Yes, it gives us more opportunity to annex the seat, but it, that is not the motivation for which I am contesting. For that matter, the MPP thinks he can win the seat. No. Your contender, um, he says that, so the constituency has seven lecture areas. The NDC arguably are confident in winning in five of these lecture areas on any day. He's saying that three of these five electoral areas are areas that he grew up in, that are areas that he's popular amongst them. And so if he is giving the nod, that means that he's reducing the NDC's vote in those areas and increasing the MPP's votes in the two areas where it has been winning. It looks like a very feasible uh, strategy. <laughs> That's, that, that should tell you that... He doesn't even know the dynamics of the constituency. It's a clear case of him not knowing the dynamics of the constituency. I come from the English uh, electoral area in the constituency. In 2012, MPP lost English by 3,000 and something votes. In 2012, four years down the line, 2016, when I led the party, we were able to reduce the margin to about 800 and the deficit between the NDC and the MPP to about 804 votes or 840 votes. In 2020, it reduced further to 700. Are you telling me that because I come from Malaysia, I, I, I could sweep everything? It's not possible. And the fact is that it's not even known in those places that he's talking about. You can go to uh, Kowloon. <laughs> That's where he, stays, he comes from. Yeah, exactly. The people there don't know him. And I can speak on authority that Kowloon now is more like a commercial area. The residential, the residents there have moved out. He's a businessman. Oh. If, He's a if businessman, the business people in the commercial area knows him. And I'm telling you they don't. That is what he is touting. Do they know you? Very, very well. I even belong to some of the trader groups because in 2020, that was what did me in. So over the years, I've not only focused on the primaries, I've focused beyond the primaries. And as I speak to you, I'm, I'm a member of the Nyaminsa Womb Traders Group and a couple of others. And I can tell you, I relate very well with the women around the China Lane, the railways. And, and you see, it's interesting that somebody who has never been to any election is saying that he's going to win. He's winning 80%. 80%. And my brother, NDC doesn't even win 80% of the votes in the radio deal. This is primaries. The primaries you are talking about. Yeah, he says he's winning the primaries 80%. Today is there for us all to witness. And I don't think, I am confident I'm going to do about 
67 percent 65 i'm very confident <laughs> he cannot 80 percent i don't think he even knows the number of delegates that are going to vote i don't think so he, he says the facts of the matter and the trend do not support you and that anybody who wins or the judio wins it on his first attempt this will be a third attempt it really really tells me he doesn't really understand the dynamics because Odoyodio doesn't belong to us MPP we should face that fact we needed a candidate that would be consistent that would have gone maybe one election two elections for the people to have known the person the people to now be able to uh, accept the part the fact that the person belongs to he is part of them he belongs to them NDC has been winning this seat for a long time is he saying that we brought um Nibia Ibonte in 2004 as a sitting MP, he lost as an MPP person. We brought um, Ajay Sowa in 2008, he lost. Then Ajay Sowa, let me, let me address this issue very well. Ajay Sowa, we brought him, he was a Muslim. He had been a constituency youth wing chairman. He had been constituency secretary. He bore the same name then as the person who is contesting now with me. He bore the same name. When we presented him, the NDC told everybody in Gamashi in Odoyodiodio that that name doesn't resonate with any of the clan houses in Odoyodiodio and that that name resonates with clan houses in Teshi. You think you'll face the same fate as the former mayor? Because Odoyodiodio, we have a particular... The, when you mention your name, we can tell the house that, we come, that you come from. Now, are you telling us... Enough, Ni Ejei Soa does not resonate with any of the, of the, of the families within... That is a fact. That is a fact. And I'm saying we faced this thing before. And we are likely to face it again. But our delegates are, they are wise. They know what they are about. And they know that the person that has, that has led them in the past, that has been able to do 35,000 from, from 26,000, that has been the normal margin that the party gets the, in any election. Apart from Nibia Ibonte in 20, 2004, our maximum vote has been 26,000. In 2020, we did 35,000. And I did 1,020 more votes than our presidential candidate. And you are telling me, I that have been there before cannot win the election, but a novice that doesn't know anything about the audio politics after, can do it. After yes, and I'm telling you the deficit then was 21,000 in 2012 before I came in. And with the help of my constituents, with the help of the NPP people in Odeodeodeo, we were able to reduce the deficit from 21,000 in 2012 to 9,000. And in 2020, it reduced further to 6,000. And I'm telling you that in 2020, barring the holiday, we could have won that election. In any case, in 2012, the party as, an, as NPP won 19 seats Throughout the constituency, we won only 19 seats. The NDC won 148 seats. Sorry, polling stations. We won 19 polling stations as against the NDC's 148 polling stations. In 2016, led by me, the party was able to do 48 seats from 19 seats. 48 polling stations, sorry. The NDC from 148 dropped to 125 polling stations. In 2020, from 48 polling stations, we were able to do 101 polling stations with Neil Antepanaman's candidature. You are clearly saying that your performance has showed an increment in the performance of the party in their constituency. And not only in the number of polling stations being won, but in nominal votes. In 2016, when I came in, 
I had 41% of the votes. Neil and Van der Poel had 57% of the votes. In 2020, I had 45% of the votes. Neil and Van der Poel had 53% of the votes. And I'm telling you that barring the holiday, I could have won. And that is the reason why Neil and Van der Poel, he knows that the primaries is a formality for me. So he knows what is coming at him. He knows that in 2020, he'll be embarrassed. In 2024, he will be embarrassed. So his decision was not that he was frustrated with the parliamentary system, but he was afraid to, to face you. That is basically the point. Basically, Neil and Tevandapoy is running away from the embarrassment. And I agree with him. The kind of level he's reached now as a politician, he doesn't want to face it. He wants to retire when the applause is loud. And I, it's okay. 